podcast. Thank you. Good to see you, Chris. Thank you very much. How are you? Oh, I'm good. I'm good. I've um, but I see behind you there that normally you've got a little lot of shelves with, and you're a blank space now. I'm a blank um, space. You are still packing, are you? Uh, we have packed. We haven't moved yet, so we're not going to unpack until no. uh, we do move. So everything's very bland in our house at the moment. It are, is. Are you, is. On, are you eating off paper plates and all that sort of stuff? Uh, we didn't actually get to the most of the kitchen still there, um, cutlery and crockery, but only like two or three things of everything. Um, okay, it's yeah. been a fun. It's like we've gone camping in our own home. So, <laughs> <laughs> so you're not quite homeless yet. No, not quite homeless. <laughs> yeah, so it's been an interesting few weeks since the whole saga. That is what it is. But yeah, we're still looking for mm-hmm. a new place to move to. But yeah, it is very bland. So, maybe, yeah, anyway. maybe, this, this min, maybe this minimalist pro- approach is probably going to behoove you, my friend. And maybe, oh, maybe you might sort of go, it's very Japanese, <laughs> you know, the minimalist thing. Yeah, that's true. I'm trying, that's to true. Minimal, I'm trying to do minimalism. But if you look at my table here, there's nothing minimalist about this. Oh, really? I've got, <laughs> got crap everywhere. Fair oh, enough. boy. <laughs> yeah, so episode 34. Episode 34, and I know we, this is a weekly podcast, and sometimes you and I have a bit of a meeting. We go, what are we going to talk about? Mm-hmm. And sometimes yep. we go, yeah, let's talk about this, let's talk about that. And then some weeks it's like there's so much going on. Yeah. And this has been one of those This has been one of those weeks. Like we've got something we're going to probably talk about if we get time mm-hmm. because it's not a, you know, but there's lots of stuff to talk about. I mean, like yeah, I yeah. sent you a list. And I hope you retained that list because. Do <laughs> <laughs> you not have it in front of you? No, it's probably on the phone, which I'm talking into as we. Oh, speak. okay, right. Well, let's well, start with what you said before when I first joined this conversation today. You were trying to buy oh, tickets for Kendrick Lamar. I love Kendrick Lamar. I'm a fan. Uh, right. His new album came out last week, Mr. Morales and the Big Stepper. This guy, I know you say you've not really heard him or anything like that, but I think he is one of the most incredible artists of the 21st century. Fair I think enough. every era has that incredible artist. I think David Bowie, 70s. I think Prince in the 80s, definitely. Um, who, artists who push boundaries while still retaining a pop music edge, so to speak. Mm-hmm. Um, the 90s and the 2000s maybe, but in the last decade, for me, it's been Kendrick Lamar. As a rapper, there is he has no equal as far as I'm concerned. I think he is an amazing performer. The production on his albums is second to none. He's thinking ahead of the pack. He is head and shoulders ahead of the pack in my books. And right. I was really looking forward to buying tickets to go and see him. But we tried the pre-sale and it's all sold out already. Didn't take well, long. I, when is a concert? First, not till December, which is right. pretty early considering a lot of other artists are already coming out as we have seen that the tickets are the tickets are coming out Chris mm. the, they are. they're Constance touring flooding in that's right the international international artists are touring uh we're getting our tickets and everything like that and um I really wanted to see what Kendrick Lamar was going to offer maybe I might try the general pre-sale and see how I go there yeah um but I personally think it's the it's the bots right and that's not being one of these seriously <laughs> I think the bots get out there and buy as many tickets as they can. And then yep. you'll probably find later on, you go on the websites and 
eBay and everything like that, and it'll be like Kendrick Lamar tickets, Kendrick Lamar tickets. And yeah. I'm like, you know, yeah. and that's what I think can and will happen. And I, I and when, because I, I made me think that when I go through the ticket tech, well, the ticket websites anyway, you know, you got those things that say, I am not a robot at all. Yeah. Can you pick these? They ha- none of that happens on Ooh. any of these sites, which makes me think, oh, bots can just come on these things and just buy yeah, six yeah, tickets. Yeah. And because and the way you can get on there as soon as the tickets go on sale and still wait 20 minutes to yeah. get on. Absolutely. So, you know, no, I, well. that, that, I'm going to say it, the bots. Good, good luck with them getting the tickets soon down in the future. Hopefully you get them if you love them that much. Uh, I, I'll tell you what, just made me, you know, I got disappointed because it made me just think, if this is what it's going to be like to buy tickets for any major artist now, mm. that's really disappointing. It's really disappointing. Is he playing Brisbane Boondle? Yeah. yeah. And only one concert? At the moment, I reckon probably do two, the way the tickets are on today. Yeah. yeah. Probably do too. I was surprised. It was, I was surprised it wasn't at one of the bigger venues. I really was. I thought, right. no, this guy, this guy could really sell some tickets. I think right. he really can. So you know, hmm. he's, he crosses boundaries. Is uh, Kendrick? So I'm a fan. So yep, that was that was a big thing for me. The new Kendrick Lamar album, and it's an intense record. It's an intense record. There's some stuff on it that you just kind of go, whoa. Where's I don't it, know if I'll give it a listen, but you never know. You never know. Where's he come up with this stuff? Yeah. Where does he come up with this stuff? But anyway, yeah. Um, the list that we had that you sent me was also, and this is one of the bands you talk about quite a lot, The Who. The Who. That's H-U, not The H-U, Who. H-U, not W-H-O, but H-U. No. You must, do you pronounce Who or Who? I mean, yeah, have you heard The Who, Chris? I watched their new song the other day. Um it started with them on quad bikes, Riff. I believe. Yep, this is Mongol. Yeah, yeah, yeah that's mm. the one. Yeah, so I watched that mm. the other day, listened to it. I've never heard of them before until you start talking about them. That's the first time I've really listened to them. Um, but yeah, okay. I, I'm not the biggest fan like you are of them, but I appreciate what that was for where they come from. Um, I, pers- I personally think it's probably not the best place to start with them. I yep. didn't think the new song was a great indication of what these guys can do. Right. Um, if, if you're not familiar, everyone's not familiar with The Who, they sing in Mongolian. Yep. They're heavy. They use traditional Mongolian instruments mm-hmm. and they do all the traditional Mongolian throat singing. And they sing, <laughs> when you watch the, their videos and sing the songs with English translations, they're not singing love songs. These guys are no. singing songs about being warriors and fighting enemies and you try and take us and we'll <laughs> there's, there's there's other stuff of the who that i think is much better and, right. I, and also when we were talking about lizzie hale and hailstorm she did yeah, a song yeah. with them called song of the woman that's probably a better indication of where these guys are i i i heard the new song and i thought yeah, yeah it's it's all right i think there's got to be a there's a better indication on so Give him another shot, Chris. Give, give him another yeah. shot, I think. Well, you sent me yeah. a text of what song I should start with. All right, I will then. Fine. Yeah. Fine, yeah. I will. And I think the other one I read is Ramstein having Ramstein. Ramstein, yeah. Ramstein. Yep, they've started a European tour already. Mm. I'd love to see if they bring this to Australia. Um, Have you ever seen them? 
I know. The only time they played in Australia was back in 2000, I believe, or 2001. They played the big day out. Oh, wow. And it was the, it was the big day out that um, Limp Biscuit headlined, which right. was the controversial one where the um, young girl died in the crowd at the Sydney show. Right. And Limp Biscuit pulled out of the show. Now, I think it was and it, as the headliner. So the next band on the as the headliner was Powderfinger. Yeah. And uh, Powderfinger quite smartly said, there's no way we could come on after Ramstein. <laughs> the lead singer comes out on fire. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so if, I think that was Australia's first taste of Ramstein live. And yeah, as I said, Till Lindemann come, came out on fire. Mm. They had all sorts of things going on during their show. And then Powderfinger would come out to headline and go, with their stuff, which was, they were this big, I mean, you remember back in the early 2000s, Powderfinger were like the biggest group yeah. in this country. But even they went, we can't follow Ramstein. <laughs> no, no. Different style of music, but they're saying Ramstein's mm. music is very, there's only one word to describe it, I think, when you hear him live, it's just powerful. It's I think it's very Jewish. Power behind their music, mm. not the singing, but their music. It sounds so oh. cool. It's like they've got does, 10 guitars on there. It's like, it's, I'm just, I've always been amazed by their sound, um, but never seen them live. So I do hope they come out. I think I'd love to go yeah, see Yeah, we'll, we'll definitely go if uh, that's, and hopefully there's yeah. no bots buying tickets and like, <laughs> definitely go and see Ramstein live. Their new album, look, it's a Ramstein record. It's pretty good. The, their videos are great. If you, mm. you've seen the, the videos, um, the new one, Angst, they're ahead of the pack with, with music videos. And there's the other video for Zigzag, where they've all got the plastic surgery and, and yeah. everything like that. Look, you don't even really have to know the lyrics to know where they come from. But Angst was a really interesting one because I watched it with the English subtitles and it's all about white supremacism, but not as in like, it's, it's all about um, how people are shutting themselves off from the outside world and claiming right black white supremacism as a, as a form of um, like guarding them against the rest of the world. Right. And when you hear this coming from a German band, it's like, Whoa, these guys are pushing against Against, so to mm. speak, you know, they're kind of saying, you know, you're scared. What are you scared of? What are you scared of? You're scared of yeah. the black man. They literally are saying that in the song. And uh, the video shows them building walls in their own little, you know, it's a great video. You've got to watch it. Uh, Uns, yeah. you know, so, very, very good. Yeah. Yeah. New um, Ramstein. I mean, mm. Keep it's going. Good. Keep going. Hey? Um, yeah. Touch on Metallica. Yeah. Um, mm. Little close yes. to home. I won't talk about it too much. It was a little bit um, personal, I guess, in the sense, and I don't want to bring up too much about it because it is about depression. So if you do have suffer from that, you know, just be careful what I'm about to say, kind of thing. But Metallica, James Hetfield, just recently in their last gig over in South America, um, took to the stage, played a bunch of songs, and had a bit of a, I wouldn't say meltdown or breakdown. Just mentioned to the crowd that he wasn't doing very well, and he was talking to his bandmates before the show, saying a bit insecure about his age and his guitar playing and everything. But, yeah, they all came oh. out and gave him a hug and they kept playing. Um, it was probably made out to be a lot worse, I guess, because um, it sounded like when I first read it that he was like, you know, he didn't finish playing or anything, but he actually kept playing the show. But it was really good that mm. he could actually 
say that kind of thing on stage, um, feel a little bit vulnerable to the crowd and to the people who are watching, you know, like us. But, yeah, I just hope he does, does really well and gets the help he needs if it's what he's going through a bit of depression. Um, Look, it, it prompted a bit of a conversation between you and me um, mm. about the future of the band. Yeah. And you said something about maybe he should do something solo. I mean, mm-hmm. we're, we're just two fans. We're, that's all we are. We're two fans, just sort of. Yeah. We're, we're not trying to give this band or James Hetfield life advice or anything like that, but they don't have anything else to prove anymore. If they no. called the indefinite hiatus, I mean, how long? The album Hardwired to Self-Destruct, what year did that come out? 2014? So it's no. been eight years since that yeah. particular record. I know they're probably in the process of recording, writing something else. They seem to have toured relentlessly. And in that tour, James did go back to rehab. Rehab. Um, And then he's come out and, look, you know, it is something, what what he's saying is definitely signs of someone with depression. But it makes me wonder, is it all worth it? Because... You know, he, the, we, 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 is it keeping the machine running? I, I've, I've told you about how it's not just the four guys on stage, yeah. it's everyone they employ. Everybody. And, and they do feel that responsibility because they feel, well, if we stop, everyone here, you know, loses their, their job, jobs. so to speak. Yeah. yeah. And I'm sure Metallica employ hundreds of people. And these, these are guys, and you know, I've said it before, sending buying houses in America, putting kids through college, you know, all that sort of stuff. And so I can understand that pressure gets on them as well, especially if they just want to, I don't want to do this anymore. Yeah. I've I've got nothing left to prove. And this is a fine line. They've got to try and figure this out. I said to you the other day, I think it'll be really handy for him because he must. He, he wrote, obviously, Nothing Else Matters, and Elton John came out recently and said it's one of the greatest songs ever written. So, And he was really surprised by that when he first told his band, you know, Nothing yeah. Else Matters. I want to, and they're like, what? What is this? But they actually really liked it. So um, I think it'll be really, like, Kirk obviously just brought out portals, and it's a little bit of a, mm. a way from the Metallica music that we all know Kirk can do. Um, and, I, mm. and you and I both love that album. It's only got four songs on it, but how good is it, you know? Um, it's, it's I really would good. really it's like to see James do something for himself um, where he can actually get all his thoughts and feelings out if it's an instrumental or it's got lyrics, whatever, but away from the Metallica machine. And if you mm. ever, not the same has to go on tour, whatnot, but if he wants to go and play a few gigs here and there, he doesn't need a massive big crew. He doesn't need a massive big, you know, whatever. Um, mm. He can do it acoustically. He does play a lot of unplugged shows already for a charity, so he can do Oh, does that. he really? Yep, mm. yep. Um, so I'll be really... I would like to hear him do something away from Metallica. Um, if it helps him with his writing and gets the things out of his system, out of his mind, that he just keeps going back into alcoholism or depression, whatever mm. it is, it might help a little bit. I, I don't know. I don't know that for sure, but um, it must be hard. I was talking to another mate of mine the other day about the same subject. It must mm. be hard singing Master Puppets which was made in 1985 and they started touring on the 1986 album Master Puppets and 
every gig I think I've ever played ever since most likely had that song in there, like in a Sandman and one. And after a mm-hmm. while I've been playing those songs, you must get a little bit bored. You know what I mean? Um, I, playing those I, songs. I, I, I did. Yep. Mm, I, I'd agree. Um, and for some bands, bands like Metallica, um, it, it's like if they didn't play them, you know what I mean? Yeah. They would get like, uh, I remember I had an interview with Jimmy Barnes where he talked about that, where he said there's certain songs he has to do. Yeah, Otherwise yeah. he knows the audience will crucify him. He yeah. said, I can do my new stuff and all that, but I've got to do KSAN. I've got to do working class, man. Yeah. yeah. He said, if I don't do them and other songs, the, the audience will kill me. They will literally jump on the stage and, and kill me. And yet I have seen other artists Bruce Springsteen will always do Born to Run, but I've seen other artists really mix their um, set lists up. And a great example is Pearl Jam. Pearl Jam do a different set list every night of the week. You can go see Pearl Jam three different nights and see a completely different set list sometimes. Mm. Well, that's what my mate was saying. He actually did the figures for me when we were chatting. Um, Not counting like live performances like Howard Stern and Mm. things, but concerts themselves, gigs. Metallica has done 2,144 gigs on uh, record, that's at the moment, you know. So Marshall Puppets has been played mm. over 1,700 times. Um, that's an average more than one gig every week since their first show in 1982. <laughs> so, you know, that's a lot of shows. And considering they played over 350 shows for the Black Album alone, and they played for went on tour for three, just over three years. Yeah, yes, three years. They do mix up the, the, um, the set list a lot. But they still have those ones, like you said, with Jimmy Barnes. They have to play this. They have to play that. So I just, mm. I would like to see if that means that he can go write his journal. You know, he, you know his his lyrics and everything more personal to help him get better, or you know, um, mm. whatever you want to call it. I would love to see it because it seems like something like Kirk has just done would help him in that way as well. Not that he has suffered depression, but a creative outlet that you don't normally have. Um, and mm. I think it would be really good for James to do that. So, yeah, but um, that's just our opinion kind of thing. But, yeah, shout out to Jim for those figures that he texted me the other day about Metallica because when you read those yeah, figures, it. it's pretty amazing, you know. Um, that's it. It's is crazy. Jim producing the sh- is Jim producing the show now, is he? <laughs> He's just a, yeah. <laughs> hey, Jim. <laughs> so, yeah, but anyway, um, yeah, get better, James. Um, Please, man. Topic today. Yeah. I sent you a chart list the other day, which I was really surprised by. And I have it in my hot little hand. I yeah, same here. I've got it right here as well. But I was blown away by this. And mm. it's the top 40 Australian rock albums on the charts with iTunes right now. And so what this means is because I'm looking at the chart that you sent me. Yep. It it is actually what iTunes are selling. Yeah. Yeah. So these yep. are things that are actually still being sold on iTunes more than being streamed. People are yeah. actually putting down their hard-earned money into their iTunes accounts to literally yeah. buy these. And yes. Um, before we go into the number one and all the rest of them, were you surprised by this? Yes, yeah. very much. Um, and yet, and yet, um, how would I say it? I it may, when we talked, there's a couple of there's a couple of entries here that I will talk about. Yeah. But it also when we talked a couple of weeks ago about the end of the greatest hits record. Yeah. And you exactly can see, right. you can see looking at this, 
It's that's still going crazy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. People going to start with crazy. number 10 and go to number one? or um, Look, let's go from number one down because yeah. I've got to admit, teen, number one is a band called Teen Jesus and the Gene Teasers. Now, as far as band names is concerned, that's one of the best I've ever heard. Right. <laughs> <laughs> I just listened to the album, actually, EP, Pretty Good for a Girl Band. It's the number one there. They're an Australian group from Canberra. All girls, all very young. Um, it's very poppy punk kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Very aimed at Tina. It reminded me a bit of the other Australian pop punk band from a few years ago, Short Stack, but a girl version of them. Um, yep. Look, probably not my thing, but I can imagine a room full of teenagers just going nuts to these girls. And I say, good on them. Keep it going. Because if you've got teenagers listening to a bit of rock, and it's an all-girl group, go for it. Do Absolutely. it. Keep going. Y'all go for it. Now, this Rolling Stones one is number two, Live at the Elmore Combo. That's just come out, um, so I can understand that's going to be up high. Uh, this, like, it's Rolling Stones live one. Guns N' Roses Greatest Hits at number three. Mm. That thing, that, that won't die, will it? I no, keep thinking to myself, oh, you know, like, it's appetite, but no, the greatest hits... Won't die. Uh, then we got State Champs, Kings of the New Age. They're an American pop punk band. It's it's obviously got a thing going on. Um, I haven't heard that one, but I, I can only imagine what it sounds like. Um, Queen's Greatest Hits at number five. Another one. That is one of the biggest selling as a as a CD and a vinyl album. It's one of the biggest selling records of all time. Yeah. Because yeah. yeah, when you really look at because a lot of time when they do the biggest selling albums, I don't look at greatest hits records. Um, but the Queen's greatest, I think in the UK, it's it's the biggest seller around. Uh, Ramstein's new, yeah, new one, Zeet at number six. Uh, bon Jovi's greatest hits at number seven. Now, Bon Jovi, have you seen? <laughs> I wanted to bring this up. Beautiful segue. Have you, have you seen the videos of John singing now? I have. I have. It's and- not. It's it's not pretty, is it? No, it's it's up there with Vince Neil, probably even worse, to be honest. I think it's um, worse. I personally yeah. think it's worse. I think I, you'll find it's worse because he's still trying to sing it, where Vince knows you can't, so he gets the audience to participate. Yep. But John thinks he can still do it. I'm not sure what's going on with John. But That's a good thing. Something's couple, going on with John. Them, something's going on with John, and it's not singing. No. <laughs> but that, that's an interesting way that you put it um, now a couple of podcasts ago I did say as my cool thing was Justin Hawkins from the darkness and his yeah, um, yeah, yeah. YouTube yeah. and this you this one of him criticising and he, Justin is not an awful get in there and tell people that they're awful uh, he's, he's really a very constructive critic of yeah. people singing and they're playing he, he's very good and Justin Hawkins did, and this video of his is probably his biggest one's gone viral. Everyone's reporting on it. But he's basically saying he wishes someone in the Bon Jovi camp would sort of tap John on the shoulder and say, John, it's not something you got to rest. Yeah. It's something, yeah, yeah, yeah. You need something's to go get working. some help for your voice. Yeah, because you said it just then. John's singing like he thinks he can still sing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Whereas he... I then sent you the new one he did of Vince Neil. <laughs> Whereas it, it was Vince Neil doing his cameo videos where Vince just looked like he barely gave a crap. 
And he was more worried about Vince's physical appearance as if yeah, saying, yeah. I'm scared Vince is not physically well. But he said, listen to his voice. He just doesn't give a crap. He's a rock star. He still can sing in tune when he wants to. Mm-hmm. But you can see him. He's smiling and strutting. He's, he's smiling for a start. Yeah. So he, <laughs> he looks like he's still having fun whilst doing it. Yeah. So he said, we do bang out on Vince a bit, but when you see that compared to John Bon Jovi, mm. it's a market difference, isn't it, Chris? It is, absolutely. And that's you know, sad because I never thought I'd put the same, I never thought I'd put John Bon Jovi in the category with Vince Neil in the current scene, you know, um, mm. kind of like aspect because John's always been one of the top rock singers around. Um, well, I look, I think he's always, as Justin Hawker said, he's always pushed it to the limit. I've never yeah. thought he was a great singer, but he's always pushed great front man. And he's always pushed it to the limit, you know. He did what he but, did really well. And yes, consistently, yes, exactly. consistently. Mm. And speaking of Vince Neil, well. quick segue over to the Def Leppard and, and Motley Crude tour. Oh. I yes, saw Bill Collins the other day. Pardon? It starts really soon in America. It does start really soon. But Bill Collins came out the other day. And anyone who knows Phil Collins plays guitar for um, Def Leppard. He is, in his probably late 50s, early 60s, he is one fit man. And he has come out and said, we are getting a, um, like fitness experts to come with us on tour. And I'm wondering if he's doing that for himself. And he's going to like, hey, Vince, come on and work out with me kind of thing. He wants everybody in the bands to work out during the, the shows, you know, so um, during the touring. So I hope he does that for Vince because I think Vince – could go back to what he used to be if he gets a little bit mm. um, healthier, I guess. But John needs to stop right now and go see some help. I, I think so. It's funny. I remember seeing. Um, I remember seeing. Um, oh, Def Leppard many years ago, and um, yeah, Phil Collin is shirtless for the whole damn show. Yeah. <laughs> and you just sit there and you watch him, and you think you're not just a naturally skinny guy; you are fit. Dude. Yeah, he is. He's been and working I, out for I a very he, long time. Like he, he still appears on covers of Men's Health magazine. Yeah. <laughs> and plus he's a vegan too. So he appears on all the vegan magazines and everything like that. And yeah. you remember when Steve Clark was like him and Steve Clark were the Terra twins. Their alcohol consumption was huge. So Phil mm. obviously had this switch in him. But yes, please, Phil. And look, I think this 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 tour is starting next month, and I can't wait. Yeah. Because, you know, not that like, we can see it, but the set lists will come. The reviews yeah, will yeah. come. The YouTube and videos the are going to come. <laughs> and believe us, we will be watching them. And I think Chris and I will probably end up doing an episode looking at each of it and going, right, yeah. this is what we, where, where will it be good? All right. Number eight, Hailstorm, Back from the Dead. We talked about Hailstorm. I've been listening to it a bit more. Whew. It's good. Brian Adams Ultimate. Of course, the Brian Adams Best Of. An Australian crawl now. How many times, Chris, yeah. now, have I told you about how popular Australian crawl are? That is yep. the number one Australian record, apart from apart from the Teen Jesus and the Gene Teasers, from the heritage bands, so to speak, the legacy bands. Australian crawl, man. It just crazy. We don't, re- we don't realize how popular this band was and still is. Yeah, and none of the other, yeah. other podcasts a few weeks ago, I mentioned to you after watching yeah. Hey Hey Saturday that they watched a couple of, I said to my, um, to Lexi, I said to her, do you know any, do you know who Australian Crawlers? She said, no, I don't. And then I played her 
must have been two or three songs, and she knew them straight away. So mm. the younger generations, everybody has heard these songs. They're on the radio all the time. I just don't know the name mm. and can't match it up with the face of the band but because um, mm. they're not watching video clips anymore. They're all streaming. But, yeah, yes. popular band. Oh, it, it does, I'm sure that probably surprised you when you saw it and you went, Dan's not full of it here. You know, it's like... Yeah. <laughs> Because I have been saying for a while, it's just, yeah, Australian crawl. It's because it, it still surprises me. I think yeah. everyone talks with Cold Chisels and the Jimmy Barnes and NXS and all that sort of stuff. Yeah. But when you come down to the plain hard figures, it's Australian crawl. Yeah. Every time it's Australian yeah. crawl. It, and that's it surprising me. too, to be honest, because I thought Cold Chisels would always be up there. For some reason, it's mm. not, you know? Yeah, yeah. Cultures are actually way down the list a little bit. It's, it's you know, we won't go through all 40 here because um, number 11, Three Days Grace, a pop punk band, which, look, I like to see guitars, rock, you know. They're more an emo band, Three Days Grace. Uh, was, I was kind of out of that thing. I wasn't right into that sort of thing. But this is yep. the one I do like. Number 12, Linkin Park and Hybrid Theory. Mm. This album, and it's not an anniversary. There's no, no. anniversary edition or anything like that. People it's are still just buying. buying it. Yeah. They're still buying Hybrid Theory. That's another band that sort of made me go, wow. Uh, like, and the next one's Fleetwood Max Rumors. That, that, that goes without saying. It's always Fleetwood it. Max Rumors. <laughs> yeah. But Linkin Park's Hybrid Theory is still a big selling record. Yeah. And I, I looked and I looked at it and I thought, there's no anniversary edition, there's no anything. People are still, and even on digital, people are still grabbing Hybrid Theory from Lincoln mm. Park. You know? It's amazing. Yeah. It's it's, awesome. it, it, yeah, I know. And it, look, the rest of them, now, as we said, most of them are greatest hits. We got the second Bon Jovi greatest hits, I believe. Yeah, there's the Ultimate Collection, which was kind of like a two disc kind of set with some extra tracks on it and stuff. Singing the Police makes sense to me. You know, um, Stand Atlantic, uh, obviously, they're not a band I've heard of, but that doesn't mean anything. Baby Animals, 25th Anniversary Edition, coming at number 17. Um, Once again, Baby Animals, that's the next one. So where where was, um, I don't have it in front of me, my iPad just went flat. That's all right. Where was ACDC? Ah, number 19, Back in Black. One, the second biggest selling album of all time behind Michael yeah. Jackson's Thriller. And once again, we I've talked to you about the back catalogue sales of ACDC. Mm. They're probably the band with Metallica that have the best back catalogue sales. And yeah. Back in Black, man, it's, it's just, I'm not surprised that Back in Black is still a seller because yeah. of, of its standing. And it is an album that, God, I, I still listen to Back in Black and I still think it's a fantastic album. Um, and I, I did read somewhere that some studios use it as the as the as the um, level for guitar sound. Like when oh, they really? want to test guitar sounds in um, studios, they use yep. Back in Black. I like that. I always like the way ACDC recorded records too. They were very succinct. You know my feelings on Malcolm Young. Yeah, Ooh, that's what we got no. to talk about a little bit later on. Do we have time for that, Chris? We might not. We have time. Malcolm always have time. In a, Malcolm was always in the left speaker. Angus is always in the right. And they were always, and then when the solos, the solo was mixed with Angus in the front. They were, they were always very, very, very succinct on where everyone was within the mix of a record. Mm. Always like that about um, yeah. 
ACDC. Look, we won't go through the whole lot, but mostly greatest hits because 20 is Billy Joel and that's the most I'm ever going to say about him <laughs> in this podcast. One thing that did surprise me going through, the highest was Pink Floyd's Wish You Were Here for Pink Floyd. Another mm. one of the biggest selling beds of all time with Dark Side of the Moon and the Wall behind him, yet it's Wish You Were Here that is the album that sold, still continues to sell really well in Australia. And does it say on that get, chart how long they've been in the charts for? No, it does not. And that's that's an interesting one. I mean, I'm sure, I know there's this, um, there's a Fleetwood Mac best of, um, they've got rumours here, there is a Fleetwood Mac best of that has never left the Australian chart. It is consistently in the Australian chart. It's been wow. in there for for over a decade. And I'm going to be, I, I, I'm confident in saying that because, um, I mean, like, yeah, there's just, just um, it's been out for over a decade. So I just, yeah. I'm confident in saying that. Uh, it's, it's just a Fleetwood Mac greatest hits. I just remember on CD, it was it was just, you always had it. Always had to sell it. Always had to sell it. But hey, Susie Quattro's in there. What did I say about mm. Susie Quattro? Yeah, last day? week. Yeah. Yep. In Australia, Susie Quattro is still in the, still charts. In the charts in Australia. And when, these are the things that you promoters look at yeah. when they're looking to book an artist if i book an artist what are they doing and you know oh look i know i can book um susie quattro to tour australia and she'll sell probably won't sell entertainment centers or anything but i could put her in mid-sized <laughs> venues and yeah. she will we will sell tickets you know and that that's good i know for a fact um if i bring iron maiden out to australia well they'll play the entertainment centers because they've done it before and they'll continue to do that you know, yep. ACDC are going to play stadiums. Um, yeah, Queen will play stadiums now. Guns N' Roses are going to play stadiums. Rolling Stones will only play stadiums, I'm sure. And, uh, yeah, Bon Jovi, you, you put them in the stadiums. That's it. Yep. Uh, John's still singing, but watch this space. Do we have time, Chris, to go into this other list that we were going to talk about? Um, yeah, we, we will. Um, but what I'll just quickly is I just looked up the top 40 Australian rock songs currently. and ACDC, Back in Black, the song itself, is number four. Yep. ACDC, Thunderstruck, is number five. ACDC, It's a Long Way to the Top if you want to rock and roll, is number six. Fuck so, um, Queen is number, um, I've never heard of them. Maniskin, Begging. Man's, oh, that's... What, what's the song? Begging. That's from Top Gun. Maniskin are the... They're the Italian heavy metal band that won Eurovision last year. Oh, not okay, the other right. day. Yep. They won it last year, yes. And that's, I think, from Top Gun. Top Gun Maverick. And Hollywood Vampires, Alice Cooper and Joe Perry have a song called Heroes. It's number two. And then John Paul uh-huh. Young, Felt Like Love, is number three. And then the next three John are all ACDC songs. Yeah, John-, John, Paul- John Paul Young? Yeah. What? Number 12 is ACDC, TNT. I <laughs> uh, just... It's just phenomenal to see this mm. all this rock and roll in these charts. But yeah, no, it's really good. So yeah, I sent you a link the other day to a Guitar World magazine. They did a, um, a survey top rhythm guitar players, and mm-hmm. I sent you the top ten. There's mm-hmm. fifty in altogether. We won't get, won't talk about the whole fifty, but we'll talk, talk about the top ten. Your first thought when you saw the top ten was what? I've- Remember when we talked about it many, many podcasts ago? I yep. think when we first started almost, 
oh, geez, we were close to the mark, weren't we? We were very close. I, <laughs> I was actually really so you, surprised how good we yeah. were at our picking back then. Um, yeah. Do you want to start at number 10 or 1? Number 10 was my pick, which was Izzy Stradlin. Izzy from Stradlin Guns made Roses. the top 10. Yep. He was in my number. He was my number three pick, and I remember you said, oh, "But there's a lot of people out there who think the work he did on that first Guns N' Roses album." Yeah, 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 yeah. No, I, when I first saw the list, I was actually pleasantly surprised, very happy with it, to be honest. Um, mm. Yes, there's debate about some people, but overall, I think it's a pretty good list. So, yeah, having seen yeah. Izzy in there, and after you mentioned it in the past with the different podcasts. I've listened to Guns N' Roses a little bit differently in the last construction mm-hmm. since that day, mm-hmm. and I'm I'm listening to more to what he's doing instead of what Slash is doing, and I think he's definitely top ten, easy. Yep, easy, so, easy yeah. top ten, easy top ten. Um, next one was number nine was uh, Dave Mustaine. Now I've never really seen him Ooh. in there, but I do believe he deserves to be in there. Well, look, if, if that's what they say, I, I, I never heard him in the conversation before, but hey, no. I'm not going to argue with it. I've always thought people like Tony Iommi and those guys would be in there before Dave Mustaine. He didn't make mm. it this time, um, Tony Iommi mm. or even Mark Knopfler and people like that. But if you listen to Megadeth, and I'm not the biggest Megadeth fan, but I do like some of their things, uh, some mm. of their songs. He does really, <laughs> he's an awesome guitar player. He can do mm. lead and rhythm, but some That's of the guitar it, yeah. players he's had, like um, uh, the Gus Fellow and uh, Gus G and Marty Freeman, to be able to play rhythm mm. and those guys you know, play over you. And the songs he does are very, like, um, I guess in a sense, a bit Metallica-ish, the way it's constructed yeah, the, and everything. The, you have to give him credit intric- for it. Same, it's got the same intricacies as the Metallica. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Yeah, and yeah. you've got to give him credit for it. He's does, it's very tight playing. So, mm-hmm. yeah, no, I was happy, happy to see Dave Mustaine in there this time. Um, eight was number Jimmy Page, mm-hmm. which we know he's always going to be in the top ten. Um, I, but, but I suppose for the riffs, Jimmy wrote oh, absolutely. all those yeah. riffs. Mm. Yeah. Or, or stole um, all those riffs, whichever way you want to look at it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He held a band together in a, in a lot of ways. Um, Considering the they're a one-guitar band. Yeah, yeah. And they did mm. something back then that hadn't been really done before. And they're still mm. talked about every day. Um, so I wasn't surprised well, yeah, to see him. I think that's always been the thing with Led Zeppelin that does that has never aged, is Led Zeppelin still sound powerful. Yeah, for sure. They still sound huge. You can put on a Led Zeppelin record, and yes, you know it was recorded in the late 60s, early 70s, or whatever. It still sounds massive. Mm. And I think that's the, the power of Zepp, Led Zeppelin. Yeah, for sure, for sure. Um, Pete Townsend, number seven. Yeah, look, he was never a lead player. No. But, you know, but I, I think in saying that, what really, he did a lot of guitar pro techniques with his arm, swinging his arm around yeah. all that. Their rhythm section, John Entwistle on bass and Keith Moon on drums. As wild as that was, John Entwistle held that whole thing together. Hmm. He just stood there playing that bass. Yeah. And held it all together. Yeah. So I, I don't know much about the Who music, um, Pete Townsend and all that kind of thing. So um, I don't – I see his name all the time. I've never really listened to him that much. So I'm just going to go along with the fact that I'm not surprised he's in there. If he wasn't there, mm. I wouldn't be surprised either. 
this year he is. Next year he might not be. I think true, personally, true. Tony Omi could have replaced him. Um, mm. But overall, I'm happy with it. That's fine by me. Um, number six, mm-hmm. I'm sure you know, and you'll definitely agree that John Lennon <laughs> is a great rhythm guitar player. Yeah, I, I think actually both him and George were great rhythm players. Yeah, George played yeah. all the leads, and, and George was not a flashy player, but he was a tasteful player. Mm. And yeah, um, but yeah, I think John Lennon's playing was always underrated. Yeah, yeah. Hmm. I think, I think he's known different. more for his lyrics, didn't he? And songwriter, yes, the songwriting yeah, is the songwriting thing that he's most known for. Yeah. Um, so yeah, when I saw John Lennon, I went, "Oh yeah, that makes sense." I can't believe. Yeah. You never throw that in the conversation to begin with. Yeah. Well, it was um, that's pleasantly surprising. Um, but no, he deserves to be there, I think. Yep. Number five, good old Jimi Hendrix. Yeah. <laughs> it's more of a lead player. Look, you played I this agree. thing about... I, I haven't been able to hear Jimi Hendrix the same way after you told me, show me that video of the guy pointing out how much Jimmy's playing is out of tune. Oh, and, yeah. Uh, yeah. I, I re-listened to some of it the other day and I went, oh, God, it's out of tune, isn't it? It's because he just lived on the whammy bar. He, he yeah. was, you know, he was playing an old Strat. They didn't have back then the Floyd Rose, um, oh, what, I forget what, the Floyd Rose tremolo bars and everything like that that keeps mm. the strings in tune. It, as soon as you start playing those old Fender Strats and start using the whammy bar, you're just stretching those strings and it's just... Yeah, well, his guitar hard. was upside down. Yeah, and he played um, a right-handed guitar, left-handed. Yeah, and the strings were all around, so his arm would have been resting on the whammy bar pretty much constantly. Yes, um, it was, yes. So, but, yeah, I think, to me, he's not really a rhythm guitar player. Um, no. I think, for him, he would be a lead guitar player. Um, so, I guess, I'm not the biggest Jimi Hendrix fan anyway, so I see him in there kind of like, yeah, I'm not surprised he's in there, because people always vote what- for him for everything. But do you, he do you know be what, lead. Do you know what Jimi Hendrix did, did very well, which is something I think Mick Mars from Motley Crue does very well, is that rhythm and lead playing at the same time. Yeah, well... Maybe that's that's the thing that sort of works in that particular favour, is that that sort of thing. Jimmy is where... literally doing that. He, he's literally playing rhythm and lead at the same time. Yeah, I totally agree. And that's yeah. where number four comes in, because I think number four would be the best ever of that kind of guitar playing rhythm and lead, which is Eddie Van Halen. Mm-hmm. He's, You're right. You, you said that at the start. I was like, really? I always thought Eddie is a lead player. Yeah, you're right. Rhythm player. He, he was so, you're right. He was so spot on with his rhythm playing. Yeah. he. It's always about the song, not his solos. Everyone thinks he's a solo player, which he obviously was, but his solos are very short. He did it mm. for the song, not for himself and his egos, but his, yeah. his rhythm playing, he's always going to be in the list of rhythm players as far as I'm concerned, as well as lead mm-hmm. players. Um, mm-hmm. But he kept that band. I'm not saying Michael Anthony didn't, but when you have a brother who plays drums and you grew up together as a guitar player and a drummer, you're going to have a rhythm um, section just with you guys alone without mm. the bass player, you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah so exactly. Michael come along and did what he did when the solos were playing, but together, the three of them, I think, really had a really good rhythm section of the three. Um, very mm-hmm. similar to what Dimebag did with his brother Vinny, you know. Exactly, um, yeah, 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 so. exactly. Uh, number three, Keith Richards. That's the same. Keith fan. 
goes without saying. Yep. Yeah. It, it really does. It, it goes without saying. It, I don't know how you describe it. It just, it just is. It just, he just <laughs> it just is. It is. You know, he came, he came out of the rock, plays his, and when he dies, he'll just go back into that rock. <laughs> uh, number if two. He dies. Yeah, that's if he does. He's up there with the Aussie, isn't he? Yeah. Um, James Hetfield, number two. Hands that was down. your pick. That was your pick. Yeah. He was your pick. I remember well, that. He's always going to be, I think, the greatest rhythm player on earth. I know he didn't make number one this time around, but when you find out who number one is, you probably understand it. But um, what James does is basically what Dave Mustaine does, but 10 times better, <laughs> I think. Um, <laughs> and, yeah, I, number two, he's, he should be in there. He should be the number one in my mind <laughs> or number two because what he plays is a whole different <laughs> ball game to what Keith Richards does and Malcolm Young. But mm. okay, not all, not everything's always have to do with downstrokes and fast and whatever. So I'm happy with That's James right. being number two. But yeah, number one, go for it. You can say it. Go on. My pick, Malcolm Young. Yeah, it's it, like like Keith Richards. It's Malcolm Young. It 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 just is. You know, you say mm. we were talking before about ACDC. I really do. I listen to the left hand side. I always now watch. We went and saw him live many years ago. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I saw them perform Let There Be Rock. And I remember Angus is out there doing all this stuff and he's crazy. And this thing went for 17 minutes, Let There Be Rock. I remember saying to my wife, listen to that rhythm. Listen to Malcolm on guitar. He mm-hmm. hasn't missed time. The whole thing has kept in sync and in time for 17 full minutes without a flub, without a break, without anything. And I was just like, that that amazed me more than Angus's Whatever Angus does. Angus does what he does really well. Not taking it away, but Malcolm is like, he was the, he, he was the thing that held that. And he's the yeah. thing that holds rock and roll together. It, it, it's, it's, it's embodied. It was embodied in that little man's tiny body. You know yeah. what I mean? And I've always found, <laughs> you know? I've only ever seen ACDC live once. And I, it amused mm. me because when they have their, they all sing, you know, um, the bass player and Malcolm walk up to the microphone, they do their little backing vocals, then they step back in front of the speakers and just stay there while Angus and Brian just run around like fruitcakes doing what they do. Yep. When they walk out, they walk out again, they sing their part, they walk back again, stand there and wait. It's so yep. um, robotic, but I've always done it, you know what I mean? So, um, yeah. yeah. It, 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 everything was in time. Malcolm's yep. left leg, you know, Malcolm's left leg was never hit, missed time, his right hand. Never missed time. It was, yeah, it, it was phenomenal. And as you said, mm. when those two and, and the way they, it was just all a timing thing. It was yeah. just all a timing thing. So, yeah, look, yeah. to be honest, the three I picked, Izzy Stradlin, Keith Richards, Malcolm Young, were in that list. The two you picked, James Hetfield and Eddie Van Halen, I can't remember who your third one was, but those two made the list. I think we do pretty well, Chris. I think my third one would have been Tony Iommi. Ty, Tony Iommi. And just yeah. let him know he's number 11. <laughs> I think we've done pretty well, mate. I, I think, think we, we have, have done pretty this. well. I think we have oh, yeah. to wrap this up. You want to talk things quickly? Yeah, my cool thing, I'll tell you right now, if you like playing guitar or listening to guitar, there's a band out there called uh, Polyphia. Oh, Polyphia. You, Polyphia. Yeah, I haven't listened to it yet. You, you sent me a link. I haven't listened to it yet. Polyphia, to a young bunch of band from um, America playing God is their new single. They play on 
uh, nylon string guitars. And these guys have made, it's like a new genre in progressive rock. They're doing, what they do is just amazing. And watching these guys do what they do, where I grew up watching Steve I bring out a whole new thing and Eddie Van Halen bring out a whole new thing. These, and even Joseph Cerrone and this, this Tim Henson fellow who is probably the lead writer of this band, Polyphia. Polyphia. <laughs> um, yeah, I'll tell you right now, just it's phenomenal watching them, especially playing it on a nylon string, you know? Mm, um, the harmonics that's, that's are so crystal clear, but have a listen to that. Um, mm. And uh, the song called Playing God only came out last week. And if you can pronounce it, good luck. <laughs> Uh, my cool thing is literally i only just discovered it and i linked you to it chris i just found it on um on facebook uh chris cornell singing u2's one but using the lyrics of metallica's one yeah i haven't watched that yet oh yeah wow because he said he didn't know the song and he when he was looking up the lyrics and he looked up lyrics to one it was Metallica's that came up first, not U2's. So that right. was the most look. He said it was that one, then U2, and then the old um, Three Dog Night one. One is the loneliest number. Yeah. But it was always, so he, so he put, and he did, and it works, and it sounds like a completely different song. And I reckon you'd love it, Chris, and it's my oh, cool well, thing for the week. Check it out on YouTube. Chris Cornell doing one, but it's U2's one with the lyrics to Metallica's one. And it's pronounced Polyphia. I just remembered. Polyphia. <laughs> I had a feeling it was going to be, would yeah. be something like Polyphia. Polyphia. No, Polyphia. I've been that trying sounds... to remember it. Just remembered how it was. That's... Polyphia. That sounds Playing cool, God. Listen. Yeah. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm going to. I'm going to have a listen to that. Yeah. Anyway, um, subscribe, like. Thanks for watching. Oh. And um, we'll see you next week for episode 35. That was a huge episode, Chris. I don't know how we that was. top that one. That was it massive. Was. It was good. Bye, everyone. Thank see you later. You. Like, Bye, everybody. like, subscribe, all the stuff.